Good morning, Glenridge. I am so excited to carry on our series on the Holy Spirit. Today's focus, know and use your spiritual gifts. The Holy Spirit gives the body of Christ spiritual gifts for the building up of his church. Now, I have a personal love for this topic because it happens to be the first thing that I ever preached on. Back in Texas, when I was a young man, in a place called Midlothian, Texas. Small church plant was on, the, on its way, and it's now a thriving church called Harvest Hill Church. And Pastor Nelson Kaufman took a huge risk and invited me to preach. I was 21, and he let me, let me have a go at it, and I have to say that it was absolutely terrible. In fact, it was probably the worst sermon I have ever preached and I feel so bad when I think about it, all that I put my, those people through. I think it took me an hour to get through everything uh, because I was going through every single spiritual gift. And I think about all the pain that I inflicted on those people and I still feel terrible to this day. But God is good and he has given me a chance to redeem myself and to preach on it today. And also, I got the opportunity to write a little book about this. God just has a way of taking our weaknesses and turning them into something that he can use. And he did that many years later. And I got to write a spiritual gifts book along with a questionnaire. And that questionnaire is actually now in a, in a digital form. And it's free for you to go do and use. And I hope that you can because I want you to know your spiritual gifts. So I encourage you. Go to our website. You'll see the address at the bottom of the screen now. And take the questionnaire. Learn what your spiritual gifts are. Now, I'm going to read from 1 Corinthians 12, 1. And then we're going to go to verse 4 to 12. And we're going to jump around a little bit. I'm going to dip into Romans 12 a little. And then also Ephesians 4. These are the verses where the spiritual gifts are laid out for us. Now, one thing that's worth noting is that all three of these accounts where you see spiritual gifts mentioned link spiritual gifts to love and to the church. We're going to look at that today. 1 Corinthians 12, 1, turn there if you can with me, says this. Now about spiritual gifts, brothers, I do not want you to be ignorant. Now jump down with me to verse 4 says, there are different kinds of gifts, but the same Spirit. There are different kinds of service, but the same Lord. There are different kinds of working, but the same God works all of them in all men. Now to each one, the manifestation of the Spirit is given for the common good. To one there is given through the Spirit, the message of wisdom. To another, the Spirit, through the Spirit, the message of knowledge by the means of that same Spirit. To another, faith by the same Spirit. To another, gifts of healing by the same Spirit. To another, miraculous powers. To another, prophecy. To another, distinguishing between spirits. To another, speaking in different kinds of tongues. And still to another, the interpretation of tongues. All these are the work of one and the same Spirit. And he gives them to each one just as he determines. The body is a unit, though it is made up of many parts, and though it has many parts, they form one body. So it is with Christ. Now let's look down at verses 27 through to the end of the chapter. Now 
You are the body of Christ, and each one of you is part of it. And in the church, God has appointed, first of all, apostles, so he's listing some more gifts now, second prophets, third teachers, then workers of miracles, also those having gifts of healing, those able to help others, that's a serving gift, those with gifts of administration, and those speaking in different kinds of tongues, and those speaking in different, uh, speaking in, sorry, kinds of tongues, all are all apostles, are all prophets, are all teachers, do all work miracles, do all have gifts of healing, do all speak in tongues, do all interpret, but eagerly desire the greater gifts. And now I will show you a more excellent way. And he goes on in chapter 13 to talk about love, and we're going to come back to that as well. I want to tell you a modern day parable. Charlie. Charlie needed a bookshelf for his new bachelor's flat, and he looked online for something he could afford. But since he had spent most of his money on a flat screen TV, uh, he decided instead to build his own. So he decides to build his bookshelf. But Charlie had a problem. He didn't have any tools. His dad offered him a table saw and some power tools, but Charlie, he wasn't keen. After all, you know, table saws are, are messy and, and the power tools, they can hurt you and the thought of kind of sawdust and blood on his floor uh, wasn't appealing to him. So he decides he's gonna build a bookshelf without any tools. So Jar Charlie bought some bricks, a few planks, and maybe a tub of glue. And he just lazies together and he builds a, a, a shelf. And then he puts it together a little bit more and builds a second shelf. Now, by the time he starts to put a third shelf on, he realizes this thing is wobbly. So he wasn't confident to go any higher. So he settles for a two-tiered bookshelf that held, held on by these bricks. And he looks at it, he loads up his books onto it. He admires his creation. He steps back and he thinks, wow, well done, Charlie. This is not looking bad. It wasn't attractive but he was proud of himself for not making a mess and he did it all by himself. So he's pretty excited. Now, this is what Charlie's bookshelf looks like. Sadly, Charlie built his bookshelf like many people build the church and kingdom without the help of their father's tools given to us by his Holy Spirit. So what are spiritual gifts? Spiritual gifts are like God's our tools and they're good for and they help us to build his church and extend his kingdom and my goal today is to help you is to, to set you on a path as it were that will equip you to know and to use your main spiritual gifts please do find out what those are take the questionnaire on the website so that you can be more equipped and know what they are. We're not gonna have a chance to read and study all of them, but you can click on them and find out about each one of those after you take the questionnaire. So between Romans and 1 Corinthians and Ephesians, Paul specifically mentions 19 spiritual gifts. The whole, the whole list is between those ones, but they can often, I know, and when you read them, seem like they're messy and almost kind of dangerous gifts. I mean, gifts like, prophecy and speaking in tongues. They can come across as mysterious or complicated, but there's a reason God created them, and he offers them to us 
for a reason. He knows that they are exactly what we need to build the kind of church that God wants and that can hold his wisdom and glory like we see in Ephesians 3.10. So the first thing that we have to do is we have to be eagerly, we have to eagerly desire spiritual gifts. That's what Paul tells us right here in 1 Corinthians 12. He carries on, he mentions it again in 1 Corinthians 14. Each time Paul uses a Greek verb which can be translated as uh, zealously seek out, strive to be zealous. It's a present imperative form which denotes the command to continue to do an action or, and to do it repeatedly. We are to keep on desiring to be zealous for spiritual gifts. This gives a complete opposite picture to the one told in Charlie's scenario. Spiritual gifts are not meant to be an option that we can take or leave as we wish. Unlike Charlie, we're meant to be zealous for the gifts that our Father graciously offers us. Now, 1 Corinthians 12, 4, it says, now there are a variety of gifts, but the same Spirit. What does that mean? Because it begs the question, if we, are, if we all have the same Spirit, do we then all have access to the same gifts? But in Romans 12, 6, if we were to jump over there, you would say, see that it says, Having gifts that differ according to the grace given to us, let us use them. So what is it? Do we all have access to all of them or are there specific gifts? Well, because this Holy Spirit is in all of us, all the spiritual gifts are actually available to each one of us. In other words, you have complete access to all the gifts by the Holy Spirit at any given point when you need them. Isn't that amazing? Wow. All the gifts are in your tool belt. For example, you might not feel like you have the gift of healing, but God still wants to use you to pray for healing. And he will empower you with that gift as you need by his grace, by his Holy Spirit. However, it's also true that there will be certain gifts that you operate in more regularly and with a greater kind of ease, as it were. Those gifts are your primary gifts, your main gifts. Have access to all of them, but you'll have primary gifts that the Holy Spirit uses. So when I take the spiritual gifts questionnaire, healing is way down at the bottom of my list. It's not one of my primary gifts. Yet, I pray for healing all the time. When I see a need, when God leads me, I pray. And God uses me and the Holy Spirit uses that gift and it flows through me. I once prayed for a man on the beach and his, he, he, his back was messed up and the very next day he was going in for surgery and he was completely healed and it was verified by doctors. They went in to do the surgery the next day. They opened up his back only to see that someone had already done the surgery. The doctor's words, not mine. They sewed him up. They told that guy, hey, I'm sorry, we opened your back. You needed the surgery, but someone had already done the surgery. He said, I don't know what happened. That man said, I do. A pastor prayed for me and a miracle happened. He found me, he tracked me down, and he told me that story. But a healing was operating in me in that moment. But it doesn't actually flow readily from me. Other gifts do, like leadership. We all have access to, to, to the Holy Spirit, but there are a few primary ones. 
Whenever I walk into a room, I naturally can use that gift of leadership so much more readily than healing. You can see where we go, how, what I mean by that. So God wants you to grow in all of them, but he also wants you to know and use the ones that you have specifically designed uh, for you in your makeup. When we do, when we use the spiritual gifts that God gives us, we build something so much better than a small, feeble bookcase like Charlie. So many of us have settled for way too little of what God has for us simply because we do not know what our gifts are and we don't know how to use them. Please, God wants you to use them. Eagerly desire spiritual gifts. It's what Paul, it's what the Bible tells us to do. Second, use your spiritual gifts in love. 1 Corinthians 13 is right after this chapter, 1 Corinthians 12, and it's the famous chapter of love. You've probably heard it read at several weddings. Well, you know, it's actually not written for couples. It's written for the church, for the body of believer. it was believers. It was written with the church in mind, not a marriage. And it comes between chapter 12 and chapter 14, both of which describe how we're meant to use our spiritual gifts. 12, 14, about spiritual gifts. And there's a train of thought from, verses, from chapter 12, 13, 14, all one train of thought that Paul is continuing throughout. In other words, Paul is telling us that to, to be love, love is patient, love is kind, you know these words, not envious, it's not boastful, it's not rude, it's always, it bears all things, it believes all things, it hopes all things, it endures all things. We love these words, and the reason Paul put them here is because that's the foundation of how we're meant to serve the church with our spiritual gifts. That's actually the context. Love. You know, I once went through my knee with an angle grinder. You know what an angle grinder is? It cuts metal. Mm, just like that. While I was cutting this pipe, and then all of a sudden, before I knew it, it bounced and whoop, right down into my knee made a huge hole I could see straight through the bone. It was chaos making through me in the back of the car, blood everywhere, had to get patched up. I still have the scar. Was it my, was it the tool's fault? No, it was not the angle grinder's fault. It was the user's fault. Sometimes people are scared to use spiritual gifts or they're scared of them because they're used in the wrong way, especially not out of love. That can be said about many gifts that we see used in the church. You know, the gift of leadership has been used for self-advancement at the expense of the church. And we've seen that, and people do that all the time. It's actually meant to be used as a service, as from a love. Love is patient, kind, and all those things. Even faith. Faith is one of these spiritual gifts that has been used for people's personal dreams instead of dreaming for the people of God. Yeah, faith for my success. Or the gift of giving has been used for political parties or charities and not to the church. Other gifts like speaking in tongues or healing or prophecy, they have been pushed aside because people are afraid to look weird. They don't understand them. Paul argues that if love is the prevailing motivation behind our actions towards God's people, and if it is the basis of our spiritual gifts, then things would be very, very different. 
the gifts would be used in the way that they were meant to be used for the glory of God and his bride. Not only would the church grow into all that God intends for her to be, but I believe we would each actually find our personal fulfillment within that greater cause that the Lord is about with the spiritual gifts as we love his bride. Between knowing and using your gifts has to be love. Without love, you will hurt people with the gifts God's given you. You'll hurt yourself. You may even do the very opposite thing that you are meant to do. Love is crucial when we use our gifts. Third, we need to use our spiritual gifts for the church. In 1 Corinthians 12, Paul uses an analogy of the body to show us how we're meant to see ourselves as part of the church. Our spiritual gifts are for the body. Now, there are two mistakes people often make when it comes to using gifts. The first is to use them solely for our own advancement. We're never meant to detach ourselves from God's church or to think of our gifts as God's gifts to us alone for our benefit. They are not simply so we can be fulfilled. They are to build up the body. It's very clear in scripture. You know, as I mentioned earlier in chapter 13 of 1 Corinthians, Paul outlines the nature of the kind of love we're meant to have for the church and for one another within the church. The entire discourse on love can actually be summed up in one short phrase. And it would be this, love is not self-serving. Again, Paul is telling us that love should compel us to serve each other and use our gifts for the benefit of the church and the wider church, not just for ourselves. Therefore, chapter 14, which is Paul's instructions on the gifts, uh, he, he specifically goes into prophecy and speaking in tongues. And it makes complete sense when we understand that love was the chapter before because he wants us to use the gift in such a way that grows the church and not ourselves. It's not self-serving. It's not just for ourselves. So he says in verse 12, if you remember, he says, since you are eager to have spiritual gifts, try to excel in gifts that build up the church. So that makes complete sense to us now. We're meant to use in love to build up the church and tongues is a part of that. The second mistake that people use is to use their gifts to extend God's kingdom, but not actually build the body. You know, the kingdom is God's rule and reign everywhere. It's, it's like bringing God's blessing to your workplace. It's the grace that you walk with and you can extend God's kingdom. The church is specifically the body of believers gathered and working together to extend God's kingdom. So I, I see this a lot, actually. Recently, many Christians have seen how spiritual gifts can be used at their workplace or to reach the city or to help the poor, but they don't actually use their gifts for the body. Now, there is nothing wrong with using your gifts for the glory of God outside of the church, outside of building the church. And I would argue that that is exactly what God wants you to do. But every time we see the Bible speak about spiritual gifts, we see that they are for the building of 
the local church, the church, the body of believers. When we neglect the church, we are not using our gifts for their primary purpose. The entire context of Romans 12, where we see a partial list of the gifts, is about community, the whole context of it. It's also a book, the book of Romans was written to a church. This letter was written to a church. And furthermore, Paul speaks about the body in verse five. The context of the spiritual gifts in Romans is all about using them for the local church. In 1 Corinthians 12, the, the, the chapters 12, 13, and 14, clearly written to a church about the church. You cannot say that the kingdom of God was foremost on Paul's mind, the, the, the will and the, the reign of God just throughout. It wasn't his first thing on his mind when he was pinning these verses. No, it was the context of discovering your gifts to use them to build up the body of believers to which you are part. In Ephesians 4, 11 to 12, he explicitly states, God gives the, gives the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the shepherds, the teachers to equip the saints for the work of ministry that it says for building up the body of Christ. Now, some may want to challenge me on this and say, yeah, but I, I use my gifts. I don't actually use them in the church. I use them outside. But Paul clearly states that your spiritual gifts are also meant to be used for the church First and foremost, start there. Of course, let them be used beyond expanding God's kingdom in so many other ways than just the church. Imagine that someone asked you to build a house. Someone came and said, I want to build you to build a house. I'm going to give you the materials and the tools and the contacts and the relationships. And you're going to please build this house. I'm setting you up to build it. And then instead of building a house, you build an airport. And you're very impressed. It's an impressive airport. Now, when he comes and asks you about the house you were meant to build for him, you confess that you never built it. And you tell him about this airport. And it's even better than a house. You say, you know what? Now you can go places and you can expand your business and you can take it to places that's never been before. And you would say, I did it for you. I did it for your kingdom. Aren't you proud? Most likely, you would say, yeah, well, indeed, it's very impressive. But I didn't ask you to build my kingdom. I asked you to build my house. I didn't ask you to build an airport. I asked you to build my house. Of course, God wants us to extend his kingdom. But he loves his bride, and he wants us to start there, and together we can do so much as well. There's a choice before you. You can settle for a two-tiered shelf kind of life. Remember Charlie's, let me put it up on the screen for you again, Charlie's bookshelf. Now I want you to look at some pictures of an actual shelf being filled with power tools. Just as they scroll through on the screen. Just look at the detail. Look how amazing these power tools, what they can do, what they can achieve. You can build a life all by yourself without the help of God's power tools, without his spiritual gifts. And it may look impressive to you. It might even impress the world. But in the end, it won't last. And you would have missed the amazing opportunity to be used by God with the gifts that he's given you through his Holy Spirit. 
to build what matters most. Or you can sign up to build what Jesus is building. Part of your assignment this week, look up Matthew 16, 18 to see what Jesus is building. And you can build that with the help of some amazing tools called spiritual gifts. You don't have to be afraid of spiritual gifts. God wants to equip you to build this church. He wants to teach you how to use them. The more you discover your gifts, and the more you learn to operate them, and the more you move in them through love, you will find personal fulfillment. And along the way, you will build God's church. Why settle for Charlie's bookcase when you can actually build something more like this? Now, I know what you're thinking. You're thinking, it's true, that's not that impressive. With the power tools that you had at your disposal, this is all you could do. But don't be fooled. It may look ordinary at first, like your life or the lives of most Christians. But there is more than meets the eye. When we discover our gifts and use them God's way, we become doorways between heaven and earth, ushering in the presence of God. I pray that you will have that grace and opportunity and blessing from the Lord as you know and use your spiritual gifts. Amen.